Hey. Oh my gosh, it's another episode, isn't it, James? Yep, another episode of James and Jess's Half Hour. Hour. Yeah, yeah, it's Friday. Woo. You, After this podcast, wouldn't mind wine myself. I'm actually not drinking. Really? Yes. Are you drinking like juices and smoothies or what are you drinking, James? I'm drinking tea. Oh, tea? Do you like peppermint tea, green tea? At the moment, I'm just focusing on lemon and ginger. Lemon and ginger? Oh, that's good. That prevents like you getting sick, isn't it? Yep. It's a good, yeah. Yeah. Good for your system in order to not get sick, which is like a high possibility here in Melbourne because it's four seasons in one day. Absolutely. Good lord. It's, well, been, it's been really beautiful weather, hasn't it? It's been stunning. Like, our, we have like a nectarine tree and a plum tree in the back. Yeah, I saw that it's like flowers. Yeah. It's kind of like cherry blossom season, sort of a thing. It's yeah. Like it makes me, and it, it kind of like blows in the wind. So it's kind of just like, it's a nice thing to actually see when you're like, have a stressful day at work or something of the sort. So I recommend a good cherry blossom. <laughs> yeah, it looks really awesome. I saw 100%. your picture. So good. And so good. I feel... Really... What do you have at the back of your house, James? Do you I... have like a lemon tree or something? Yeah, I've got a lemon tree and I've also got a cherry tree, but it's cherries that you can't eat apparently. Well, that's what my dad oh, told really? me. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, I'm like, why Why do you have cherries <laughs> that you can't eat? Does it have, like, flowers at the start? Like, is the flower so pretty that it's worth, like, having a cherry you can't eat? Not really, it's just leaves. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's one of those no. trees. Um, yeah, it's one of those trees. Mm. It's one of those trees. Uh, actually, my nectarine tree is blossoming at the moment. It's not as good as yours yet, but a few more weeks, I think. Yeah. They're still plodding along because it needs, like, like we explained in the gardening episode with Bonnie, um, it needs, like, a sister tree. Oh, okay, yeah. It needs yeah. another tree in order to cross-pollinate. Yeah. So when uh, the first plum tree passed, uh, passed away, <laughs> speaking like it's an adult. Um, well, it passed, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just like then the other, the second tree just stopped pollinating, like, stopped blossoming, it just were just twigs. Like yeah. 365 days of the year, and now we're the spot where the tree had died, the other tree. It's yeah. kind of just like now a new tree has emerged from nothing. <laughs> so there would have been some sort of seeds, or I don't know what, but but now it's kind of like now pollinating both. So oh, that's cool. I don't know how how our nectarine tree is just giving us nectarines. It must be cross pollinating with someone else's, maybe. Maybe, Maybe over the fence or something. You better ask Bonnie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, can I just... I guess I guess it would just cross-pollinate somehow. So true. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I just don't know. Um, well, our topic today was murder mysteries, but we have like a cool little story, don't we, James? You were telling me about Headless Nick. Oh, no, that's Harry Potter. <laughs> Headless George, apparently, yeah? Yeah, so my dad, I was like, oh, dad, I've got to have, like, a spooky story. He's like, well, I know one. And I was like, oh, what's the story like? Tell 
me now. Tell me now. Apparently on like a Gippsland Highway, um, it's a very um, interesting place because. Is there like proper lighting, or is there? Is it just dark in the night? Like. I don't know. I haven't driven out that way in quite a while, so I wouldn't be able to tell you all the details. All I know is that there's apparently a ghost down on that highway that pops up from time to time. And Dad was telling me that he used... Oh, my God, it started raining. (laughs) Um, My dad told me that um, he's friendly. Like, he's just known as Headless George. Wait, did your dad see the ghost? No, but he said that his brother... Um, told him about Ooh, and apparently does it approach the car or what does it do apparently um, they were saying that you often will be driving along there in the night time and you just see him on the side of the road oh my gosh and he's like holding his head or yeah. what's he doing is holding his head just slipping off to the side holding his head Maybe that was the inspiration for Headless Nick and Harry Potter. Maybe J.K. Rowling heard of this incident and was like, you know what? We'll just put it in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. another thing, though, is that my dad... Um, yeah, my dad told me about it. So I don't know all the details. But then I was trying to research, you know. I was like, oh, I'll actually do some research for once for this podcast. And I looked online and um, I actually could not find anything. Like, no Reddits, (laughs) nothing about it. I was like, it's probably just a legend that his brother told him. Be like, now don't go down this road. Yeah. So that's basically the spooky story. Um, I think that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I kind of like... Just hopping it at the back of your seat, just whispering in your ear. Like, far out. I think I'd just faint at the wheel and then I'll be done <laughs> yeah well it made me um I started looking up obviously researching about it and I couldn't really find much the only thing I found was about this hill um down in Gippsland and um all the um sheep and cows won't feed on it really and they like don't some area 51 business or something yeah and they don't know why um well, there's some stories circulating online about why. Some say that, um, you know, it's haunted by, you know, pioneers and all that kind of stuff. Others really? say it's haunted because of the battle that happened down there. And I was just like, what battle? Um, but, you know, they say that it was sacred tribal land, like maybe a burial site for Aboriginal um, people. It was like a lot of theories online. So I don't know, you know... Like, when I'm online and, like, scouring reddits and stuff, I'm like, I don't know if it's been fact-checked. I'm not a local... It's like the world's concern. Yeah, so I don't know all the details and the ins and outs of it. So I'm really sorry, guys, because I should have got them. But it's conflicting views. Some say, you know, it's Aboriginal um, sacred land, and other people say it's pioneers... um, you know, something happened there, um, yeah. So. But no one knows really what. Yeah. It's kind of like... It's kind of just a legend. You know what has just popped into my mind is, you know, the case of that at Hanging Rock. Do you remember the girls in the 19th century, this would have been 
right at the start of the 19th century. Yeah. And how they went for a field trip to Hanging Rock in Victoria, and then three girls went up went for a walk on their own. Yeah. It's actually an epic movie. If you ever get to watch it, it's actually quite good. They also made it into a TV show, didn't they? Yeah. Like, it took off. Like, how, how the girls went missing. Two girls went missing. One girl came back and was completely forgot everything of the incident. And then years later, she goes back and she can't find anything. And it tells the story how um, one the teacher that was leading the group of girls was in a trance and going up to the rock years later or something of the sort two years later or something and then she went missing and the story goes how it was actually aliens that had abducted the teacher and the two girls because there was no evidence of an abduction nothing and everyone presumed that it was just aliens yeah i honestly think that it must have been aliens right yeah a lot of people have gone to that spot i've actually driven past it myself well my parents did when i was little i remember and it was just, oh, did we actually stop? I don't know. I didn't walk up there. Like, who would? <laughs> but yeah. it was just like, no evidence was found, but something of the sort. People had observed the teacher acting weird, the girls acting weird. Some, just the vibe was off for them to actually jump to the conclusion that it was aliens. Yeah. I know that they say that um, basically they don't know... Um, I don't know, I, I just read online that it's just, they don't know whether the story's inaccuracies because it's unlikely to be true, they say. Yeah, that's the thing though. <laughs> it's like, that's the thing with all of these stories, it was just the fact that I think the teacher was naked or something, and I don't know whether that's been dramatised because of a TV series and a you know, book, movie, yeah. it probably is. Yeah. They say like she was walking naked towards the rock and boom, she was gone. Yeah. It was just a lot of speculation and, you know, I think it was on Valentine's Day. They went for a picnic, a boarding school. Yeah, that's what they say. Very freaky indeed. You would have thought in good old Australia, just never know what happens in the outback, do you? Yeah. Oh, that was like, oh, okay, Mulberry Hill in Baxter. Get out. That's actually really close to Princeton. (laughs) What was it? That was the school. Oh, that was the book. So there's a book that had come out as well, and it tells how the tale of the girls attending Mulberry Hill in Baxter in, on Victoria's Mornington Peninsula. It's just, I think it's just been dramatised over time. Oh, what was, is that in relation to Hanging Rock? Yeah. But then it's the novel talking about it. So who knows, like, historically what had actually the accounts of what people had actually seen. Oh, it's... What actually happened was the lady, Joan Lindsay, wrote Picnic at Hanging Rock at her Langwarren house home, Mulberry Hill. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I know. That's just near us. There you go. She wrote it there. Apparently it was based on one of her dreams, she says. Look at that. Yeah. And it says, like, Joan Lindsay herself lived a sort of a time warp because she was born under the reign of Queen Victoria and then published her first novel during the Vietnam War. Oh, wow. That's unbelievable. So it's just probably drawing on... That's the thing. Drawing on her experiences and then dramatising it or what actually happened. Yeah. She was born in St Kilda East and she died in Prankston in 1984. 
out. It's kind of like, I wonder, like, there probably is some sort of account of this on the internet, but whether the girls were actually um, present and watching the girls, the three girls go up, like, were they in a trance? What did they feel? Did they feel a bad vibe? Yeah. No it's wonder. Whole, it's like the, the world, like, the outback is a strange but wonderful place. It has a sort of magic to it. Yeah. I would say. Something so basic is kind of like red sand, rocks, shrubbery, yeah. and then, you know, very interesting. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's part of that, I guess, folklore, like the stories that are told, you know, through the town and everything. And, you know, it goes through so many different people. So, but, it, you know, the essence of the story is the same. It's the mystery. It's like, you don't know what, why. Yeah. You yeah. don't know what's being dramatized even if you're yeah. telling the truth point blank can you really believe that person unless you really know them just don't know yeah i guess it's the vibe the vibe of people that you sort of pick up whether it's kind of like when you first meet someone and it's either a positive vibe like you've known them in a past life or a negative vibe yeah it's kind of like believing in your own gut instinct but a lot of people doubt that i remember watching like an interview by oprah and it was she was talking to a person that had um, been sexually abused and Oprah asked, told her, asked actually, point blank, what did you feel before the incident? And she goes, you know what, thinking about it now and I thought I was nuts at the time, she remembers actually going, driving home from work um, and she was approaching her parents' driveway and she said it was weird, the lighting given, and she always does that every day, she worked full time. The lighting of the particular point in the day wasn't bright. The bin was actually out of place. And she goes, it's little things like that. You may sound nuts, but it was kind of like the lighting was significantly darker than what it used to be. The vibe wasn't right. Something told her not to get out of the car, but she got out of the car because she thought she was going bonkers, but she was actually correct. It was actually a person hiding behind a bush and had abducted her and did those horrible things so it's actually interesting isn't it a lot of people say that is that they say they were going around their day very ordinary and then they started noticing like signs of you know things were wrong and you know i think that one of the main things in those situations is your gut instinct is always pretty spot on so um, I guess follow it to a T. Yeah, follow it to a T. Don't follow the crowd. Be an individual. Trust yourself because you don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, and <laughs> I remember actually a story of um, I think it was Mel. Uh, so my cousin, um, my cousin's wife, um, one of her friends was going. I think it might. I think it was one of her friends was going home from the. Um, the clothing store at the shopping centre and had finished like the I think on a Thursday night I think it was something like that um one of the night you know how when shopping was open to nine o'clock on like a Thursday or Friday night or it might have been Christmas shopping oh, or something that like that like a millennium ago, yeah so she was going to, uh in Kringle and um I think it was like someone um she was in the car and she noticed that someone had was lying behind the seat 
That always gets me, isn't it? When you come home at night, I always check. Yeah. You hear these stories of people behind you and you're just like, eh, nah. And she just kept driving because she was going all the way to... No, she didn't know. Yeah, she didn't know. She didn't know. I don't think she knew. Did she know? Did she not know? I can't remember. I think she I think she realised at some point in the journey. But she was going all the way, I think, to her boyfriend's or her partner's or someone's house. And um, I think she used her phone to message the person of who she was going, like, whose house was going to. And then when she finally arrived, she jumped out of the car and um, he jumped out as well Jeez, and ran away. Please. He ran away. I so many other ways. Yeah. I know. That's another thing. It's just like check behind your seat in your car. And like even when you're walking in broad daylight or in the night, check your surroundings. Trust yourself. If you notice something isn't right, grab, you know, try and get some attention. Yeah. Definitely. And, nice. um,. Yeah, I was just like, I remember hearing that story and just being like chills. I was just like, how would you be? You're in a car, someone's behind your seat. Did they ever find him? Like any evidence to find him? I think they called him. I think they called him. I'm not sure though. I know that they went and made a police statement and everything. I think they found him. Yeah. Gosh, because yeah, that's the thing. It's then a... When you're in a traumatic situation like that, it's kind of like, how do you process? But you have to process quickly because it could happen to someone else. Yeah, a lot of the the people, a lot of the people, you know, I think in those situations, like I remember this girl, she was in a really, really bad situation and she just started playing along with her captor. Being like, "You you saved me. And he didn't save her. He brutally raped her and was about to kill her. But she knew she needed to do something to get, you know, to change the situation from a negative to a positive, even though it's still not a positive, but she knew that would buy her more time. Yeah. She was like... It's if you have the mental capacity to do it, yeah. It was quite crazy. Yeah. It's quite crazy how, like, you know, in those, you know, bad situations, how someone can flip it when they've been through trauma to be like, okay, what's going to get me through this right now? I'm going to play along with this. I'm going to say... Oh, you're my saviour. You saved me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I need help. I need medical help. Can you help me with that? Can you take me to a doctor? I think I need help. You're my saviour. I can't wait to tell everyone about this. How you saved me. You're my hero. And that brought her time. And then he called the am- he called the ambulance for her. And then they realised that it was her. And then they came back and... Um, uh, they came and she ran out to them like so much blood loss and everything from what he had done to her and everything but she survived and she, you know yeah. in that moment she knew what she needed to do like she noticed he that he, she Maybe noticed she that yeah she she was calm and she realized that he was on drugs and she just really um paid attention to like all the signs and everything and you know, it's amazing that, you know, she was able to do that and able to act calm because often, you know, when you're not acting calm, you don't really think of the best scenario. Like, yes, you can or act in the moment. Or if I want yeah. to get to a solution. So yeah. it's, that's bravery and courage on its own, yeah. I would say. And she was able to, you know, get the solution that she wanted and able to play him and able to realize that he was out of his mind on drugs and she needed to not 
be like, it's really hard to like kind of say but she needed to not um she, yeah panic she needed to play along with him and to get him to see himself as value there you go. Instead of her as a problem. Yeah, she flicked the like you know that could have gone horribly wrong still. Yeah. But she yeah she was like he was out of his mind on drugs and I knew I needed to do something different. So yeah. I just you know played up to him, started flirting with him, put myself you know all over and being like you saved me, you saved me. Yeah, it's kind of just like it's that thing of in life we all have like a dark side and a good side yeah it's how we yeah use one or the other in order to progress through life so it's always i would say i'm pretty sure james would agree to always remain positive do your best in every situation that you do and if you need help in any way and we highly encourage this in james and jess's half hour to reach out there's plenty yeah. of resources out there definitely and I there's think... people there to listen and life is so short isn't it james Absolutely. It flies by, so it's just do your best in a positive way. I remember um, last week I watched Milan. Oh, I love that movie. How Me too. good was Milan? She, I think the actress they chose was actually spot on. I really <laughs> liked that they made the um, the witch woman. Yeah, I liked the fact that it was how. Oh, we're giving spoilers. We need to say spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. Spoiler. I love the original, but what they did in this particular movie in order to enhance feminine... I can't say the word. The Mm. feminine... Yeah, feminine. Yeah. Yeah. A female. Feminist. (laughs) Quite actually inspiring. And there's a certain section, I'm not going to say what section that is, but there's a section that just... You're just like, oh, that's so empowering as a human being. I think men can relate to it too. As a human being, you can relate to it how at the end of the day, you just have to be you and just seize the day and do the best that you can. You, you couldn't have said it better, Jess. You couldn't have said it better. And that's what she Especially, does in it. I love Milan. She's just... She, I am who I am. You accept me. Yeah. And I think, you know... It just kind of plays into, obviously, you know, the whole, you know, gender thing. And then also... The bias of it. It's yeah. interesting the time that they released this too, during a pandemic for us. Yeah. But the timing of it was actually quite good. I think we needed this now and not at the start of the year, which is when I think it was meant to be released in April or something. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really good. Yeah, I love the actress. I love what they did. Very creative. Even the stunts. Even the stunts were kind of like, I don't know, it gave me like a flashback to like Rush Hour with Jackie Chan or something. It was like some <laughs> next level stuff. Yeah, it was good. And also... I Jet Li was in it. I forgot completely. <laughs> it, it also just made, I guess, that hope I guess like Milan to me is really a story about hope and like perseverance eh? yeah perseverance definitely oh, just, loved it it was so good it's just so good it was so different but so good yeah but I, at the same time the same it was kind of like a 
a combination of like I didn't know what because I, I, people have been saying it's crap because it's not the original well yeah. obviously because it's a remake <laughs> I'm just like people come on like it's a remake you need to broaden your minds it's a remake and you have to think of it as a remake well yeah it's a re like it's a remake and it's like a readaption of the original it's going to be slightly yeah. different definitely no I loved it I loved it and it's good for children going growing up especially particularly women or young girls now actually be like oh there's a princess I can relate to and there's nothing you know people always downgrade the other like Disney movies with a love interest and that's good too and you know just don't take it as face value that this prince is going to be singing at your front door so you know what I mean yeah. it is you know it, it is Disney but it's kind of like there's positive things you can draw from all of the Disney movies I would say yeah you know? I liked that um Milan is very much a more I guess they made it a lot more I guess, like, it's just a feminist kind of movie and female empowerment. And they did that with, um, I noticed it in Aladdin too, because I watched it for, what, the hundredth time in the cinema back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> that she has her moment too, and it's just emphasizing that, that, yeah, men can have their moment too, but also, like, it's equal, it's 50-50, men and women. It's not like women are ten times better than men. That's not the case at all. It's, it's a firm 50-50, I would say. Yeah. I liked how it, like, obviously is dealing with, I guess, a cultural kind of thing and that men can only do this. She's like, you know what? I define who I am. And it's just following your heart, whether you're a female, what race you are, what religion you're a part of. You need to be your own truth. Yeah, that's what I really admired about that that out of all the Disney movies is probably my favourite. Yeah, so good. So good. They yeah. brought in a lot of, I like the fact that they, which they do in all the, all the films, but they really emphasised on the culture, the Chinese culture. It was like learning for the first time, because I've never been to China. Yeah. So, it was just, oh, look at that, look at this, look at that. This is, you know, and it's projecting how the culture is, how they think, and that was good. Yeah. I think she was beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah, it was Young great. Lady. So good. Um, Beyonce has a um, visual thing coming, a visual album on Disney Plus. I heard. Is it something like Black Lives Matter or something of the sort? I think King King is Black? What is um, it? Wait, wait, wait. To do with her album that she released or something? Yeah, it's like a visual album on Disney Plus, I'm pretty sure. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, that looks like, because obviously it's. Um... Kind of like taking the reins from like Michael Jackson, how he used to adapt like short stories and whatnot. She's kind of combined, compiling that into one epic. Yeah, Black is like King. Experience. Sorry, Black is King. I had it wrong way around. Black is King. It's a visual album on Disney Plus. It was released oh, on, on the 31st of July. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Is that already released? I'm pretty sure, yeah. <laughs> wow, I've been so like. I saw the ad for it today, yeah. I saw the ad for it today pop up and I was like, oh, that looks cool. 
And then um, I was reading the article about uh, Lana Del Rey's new album comes out at the end of this month. It's so keen. I love Lana. I remember, you know, when I was working at JB Hi-Fi back yeah. in the day, one of my first jobs, I remember my manager. And when I first met her, we did connect. We totally connected at towards the end of my career at JB. She used to play. She used to pull out a record of Lana Del Rey and just play it. And I used to be, at first I'd be like, oh, I don't like it. And then I was just like, damn, this is actually quite genius. And she actually said to me, she's the next big thing. That's when she first brought out Born to Born to Die. Yeah. Oh, so I'm keen for Lana. I hope she comes back to Melbourne. I missed her. I didn't yeah. get to see her when she came. Yeah, me too. I didn't get to see her. Um, yeah. It's called um, Chem, um, Chem Trails Over the Country Cop. And... <laughs> Such an individual. I love her. Have you read her article? Like, it was really good. She got interviewed by um, Jack Antonoff, um, the famous um, music producer. It was really, um, really interesting because obviously they're good friends and it was just interesting having an article from a friend talking to another friend. Like, sometimes I feel it's, like, more personal and you get into, like, the essence of it. You know how... Sometimes the media can be very, what's the word, scripted and you don't really get to the core of things and you don't really get to the personal kind of situation as much. You have a way of wangling the truth, so. Yeah, and when it's your friend, I kind of feel like you kind of know that person a bit more and you're able to kind of, you know, go into those really fine details of what you know about them. Yeah, so I found that really interesting, that article. What was she talking about? She was just talking about, like, obviously talking about screaming, being an underdog, and how she doesn't think that the new album is perfect, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you've got to just do your thing, and, like, she talks about the pandemic and the panic, and then also she's, like, obviously, she was driving, I think she was driving, she was talking about, like, how a guy still recognised her with sunglasses and a mask, when she was going into, like, the gas station and stuff like that. She was just very much just talking about, I guess, pretty much, like, everything and, like, how she kind of, you know, has made her own way in, like, the scene because, you know, Lana Del Rey's music is very much her music, like... There's one of a kind. One of a kind. Yes, and she just keeps on doing what she wants to do. Even her, like, photo shoots are, like, mesmerising. How she projects herself, her visual ideology of the whole... Like, it's just... It's something different, and I love it. Yeah, it's it's just her doing her, I guess. Oh, well, that's, like... Yeah, we're up to, like, 31 minutes. We've gone over time. Oh, my gosh. No, good conversation. Yeah. Comment, like, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Message us on James and Jess's Half Hour on Facebook, Instagram, Gmail. Go for gold. Yeah. Go for gold, guys. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week for another episode of James and Jess's Half Hour.